Welcome to the Prophecy Club. We're going to continue talking about conspiracies today. Now, why are there so many conspiracies, and why do we as Christians need to listen to them? Well, who is the most subtle beast of the field? The answer is, obviously, Lucifer. So he is not going to come out from under his rock and expose himself. He's the guy that likes to work behind the curtains, under the table, passing things under the table, stabbing people in the back. So don't expect to hear the real, real bad things, especially in high places, that are happening on your 6 o'clock news. It's not going to be in your daily paper because evil in high places sees to it that it doesn't get out. So understand that. Now, just because it's not in the mainstream news does not necessarily mean it's not true. So there are Christians, ministers, that do their research and expose it. And we have three of them that we're offering in the offer today. Three excellent DVDs, all having to do with medicals. Three DVDs, normally $30 each, as you know, gift of $35 for all three. Let me tell you about the DVDs, then we're going to go continue listening to Stan Monteith. First of all, Bill Sneblin. Now, it's supposed to be that the church is supposed to be in charge of our health. That's the way it used to be. But, of course, then the federal government swooped in and through the federal drug, drug companies, medical schools, they have now colluded together to destroy not only our health system, but our health. Bill has been studying all of this for years, and he exposes them. Then we also had Dr. Leonard Horowitz, an expert in health, vaccinations, risk awareness. As a matter of fact, he was the guy that exposed how and who and when the AIDS vaccine brought in actually AIDS. He tells you all about it. Then planned population reduction by Dr. Stan Monteith. Did a radio program for 40 years, wrote a couple of books. His topics that we're about to listen to today are Vioxx, artificial fertilizers. Yes, all of these and how they actually collude together to kill you. Artificial fertilizers, pesticides, injections, genetically altered seeds, diet drinks, soy products, the list goes on. Long list. He exposes how they're designed. See, because, look, if the devil can kill you before you accept Jesus, to his credit. Okay, so that's where we're going with this. And it is summertime. And let me also say that if God has blessed you, when it comes time for your giving, would you remember Prophecy Club? Because... We, you know, we don't bring positive information to most people. Most people don't like to listen to watchmen. I mean, if you go back and look in the Old Testament, most of the prophets were boiled in oil, crucified upside down, sawed into, uh, put into dungeons. I was just reading about Jeremiah the other day, how they lowered him down into a dungeon that was full of mire, just mud. And the people said, he's not going to live long if you don't pull him up out of there. So... Most people that bring this kind of information to you, God's prophets, I'm not a prophet, but I do think our ministry operates in the office of a prophet, meaning we have prophets come through. People don't like it. Okay? it, does, it the flesh doesn't like it. We want to ignore things like this. So if you appreciate us and God has blessed you, will you please remember us when it comes time for your giving? Three DVDs gift of $35 today, but understand Offering DVDs doesn't keep us going. Your prayers and your gifts of support is what make it happen for us. So let's go on over now and listen to Dr. Stan Monteith in Planned Population Reduction. 
when our boys were dying on the beaches of Normandy and, you know, in the, in the forests of France and Germany that American industrialists were financing and helping and Adolf Hitler and, and, and helping him to get his war material. Certainly, I found, when I went through Colonel House's papers at Yale University, a letter that was written by Ambassador Dodd to Colonel House. And this letter was written in 1936. And in that letter, uh, Ambassador Dodd is asking Colonel House, why are American corporations building up the Nazi war machine? I mean, here's 1936. We just got through with the First World War. Nobody wants another war. There are 100 American corporations here in Germany that are building up the Nazi war machine, and they can't get any money out of the country. They're exchange controlled, so there's no money to be made by building up the Nazi war machine. Why is this happening? Do the American people know what's happening? And I suspect Ambassador Dodd really didn't understand. I'm sure Colonel House did understand, but there's no record of a reply to Ambassador Dodd. There's a wonderful book called Who Financed Sister by James and Suzanne Poole. And, of course, Henry Ford. Henry Ford, the great American uh, patriot, was financing Adolf Hitler. He got the highest sort of rating, highest medal that Adolf Hitler could give to a civilian. Professor Sutton's excellent book, Wall Street and the Rise of Hitler, we recommend it to you because it goes into the background of the financing of Adolf Hitler and how American corporations, IT&T and General Motors and Ford and, and so many of the others, Exxon, Standard Oil of, um, and uh, American banks actually financed and helped build the, the Wehrmacht uh, so we could have a Second World War. And much of this is covered in the video. If you haven't seen it, let me recommend it. And I have no uh, personal interest in it. Um, you know, but it's back there. It's called The Secrets of the Illuminati. We'll recover so much of this. There are so many other things that most Americans have never heard of. One of them was called Operation Paperclip, and that was at the end of the Second World War, when our government brought many of the Nazis who should have been tried at Nuremberg and executed for their crimes, brought them to the United States, and where they worked upon our space program, where they worked upon psychology and psychological programs uh, to destroy people's minds and continue the horrible work they were doing in the concentration camps. And they began to work on the development of biological warfare agents, some of which are inflicting people throughout America, perhaps some of you here in this room today. Uh, there's a wonderful book called Linda Hunt, The Secret Agenda. She was a uh, reporter, uh, did a wonderful job getting it. Linda Hunt, The Secret Agenda. If you don't believe there's thought control in America, try to get a copy of her book off of, off of Amazon or off of, you know, it costs $150, $200. Um, we, incidentally, we have interviewed Linda on several occasions. We've got a great um, um, series of interviews with her. Colin Ross's book. Colin Ross is a psychiatrist. And it is book Bluebird, which is really basically the story of how he uh, had, had to treat so many patients who had mental disease that had been created in them by the experiments carried out by the CIA, the so-called dissociative personalities. But he goes into Operation Paperclip in great detail. Craig Roberts' book, The Medusa File, and I know Stan uh, has that book available. And uh, if you haven't read The Medusa File, you need to. Craig is a wonderful, wonderful friend of both of ours. Uh, Craig had written nine books. He uh, uh, was a lieutenant colonel in the uh, military reserve. He'd been a sniper in, in um, Vietnam. But he had written and published nine books that had done very well. And then he wrote the book, which we call The Medusa File, gave it to his, his uh, agent, shopped it around to all of the various um, the major publishers in New York, and not one of them would publish it. And Craig was just so crestfallen. And, and then about a few weeks later, why one of the editors of one of the largest publishing houses in this country called Craig and said, that's a wonderful book. 
you've got to get that book published. And Craig says, if you think it's a wonderful book, why won't you publish it? And the man told him, well, don't you understand? There are CIA agents planted in our publishing house and in every major publishing house. If I published your book, I'd be out of a job. But the American people need to get that information. So actually, Craig self-published the book in two parts, Kill His Own and The Medusa File. And Stan has the book. We've recommended to you strongly. And he writes extensively about Operation Paperclip there. Paul Manning wrote a book on Barton Borman. See, what happened as part of this Operation Paperclip, a lot of the scientists came here, but 10,000 of them were taken to South America with the help of the CIA and British MI6 and certain elements within the Vatican. And this is in no way to be anti-Catholic in what I'm saying, because there's satanic forces working within the Vatican and with the CIA and with the MI6 that are all part of what I refer to as the occult hierarchy. There really is an occult hierarchy that rules the world. If you doubt that, and you have a computer, when you get home, I want you to go onto your computer and type in occult hierarchy on Google. And you'll see the number, first two articles, first two things there are my articles on the occult hierarchy. But then you get down into the people who use the term, who tell you, yes, we are part of the occult hierarchy. And we have a plan with a capital P. Read what they have to say. There really is a plan. There really is an occult hierarchy that rules the world. Well, uh, certainly MI6, uh, the CIA, those satanic elements working within the Vatican, they're working within the Protestant church as well, so I'm not picking on the Catholics. I mean, this permeates every aspect of our society today. Uh, But these elements help Martin Borman and Adolf Eichmann and Charles Barbie, Klaus Barbie, and um, Joseph Mengele, and 10,000 of the most vicious Nazis escaped to South America, where most of them lived out their lives, and you've never heard about it because of the degree of control that exists today over what the American people think. Sam Donaldson did a great special uh, on it called The Rat Line, which I've seen, uh, where he actually went down and talked to these Nazis in the early 1990s. Many of them were still living there in Paraguay and Argentina. Why would we help 10,000 Nazis who were equally guilty to, you know, the ones who were tried. Why would he help them to escape to South America? Why would we bring many of their scientists here to the United States? And if these things I'm telling you are true, why is it that the average American has no idea what I'm talking about? Could it possibly be that we are governed, that our minds are molded, that our, our tastes are formed, that our ideas are suggested largely by men we have never heard of? Then there was Operation Keelhaul. That was the forced repatriation of about... The figure varies between 2 and 5.8 million. I think the 5.8 million is the most reliable because it's, it comes from Nikolai, Nikola Tolstoy's book, or Nikolai Tolstoy's book, The Secret Betrayal, uh, and it comes from the Russians' own files. But they were uh, Russians who had either uh, been captured by the Nazis when the positions were overrun or who had actually, uh, actually defected to the Nazis because of their intense hatred of communism. And that some of them even fought against no, the, the communists, because they hated Stalin and they hated communism, and, and they wanted to be free. But at the end of the war, they were rounded up. Some of them were here in the United States, some were in Canada, some were in England, some uh, in Europe. And at the point of the bayonet, many of them drugged, uh, you know, forcibly repatriated, where uh, certainly 20% of them were promptly murdered, 15 to 20% sent to Siberia for 10 to 15 years, which was a death sentence, 10% exiled to Siberia. It's an incredible story, and the fact that most people have never heard of Operation Kielhaum is simply a reflection of the degree of control that today exists over what the American people think. But there have been many other holocausts. 
America was involved in a war with Spain in 1890, uh, uh, 1899, it should be, and uh, actually 1898. The war was in 1898, but it really went on for several years after that, uh, although the war, the war ended very, very promptly. It continued in the Philippines, where we killed about 200,000 Filipinos who were fighting for their freedom. You will never hear that mentioned anywhere, unless, of course, you do a little research on the Internet. It's up there. Some of the figures go to a million, but I've chosen to take the lower figure. I think that probably is more accurate. These were Filipinos who just didn't want to be dominated by Americans. They wanted to get Spain out of there. They wanted to have their own country, and we slaughtered them. But the American people were never told. Then, of course, we seldom talk about the Armenian genocide that took place between 1915 and 1918, where uh, the Turkey killed about a million and a half people, but we don't talk about it because they were primarily Christian. When was the last time you saw a television documentary about the Jewish persecution during the Second World War and the, and the Jewish concentration camps and the Holocaust? When was the last time you saw anything about the Armenian Holocaust? The Mexican Revolution between 1910 and 1920, approximately a million people were slaughtered there, and they killed the Catholic priests and the nuns, and uh, they said that almost every telephone pole had either a priest or a nun hanging from it. World War II, World War I, about 20 million people died. The Russian Revolution, the figure is at 60 million. That was the figure that Solzhenitsyn used in Foreign Affairs magazine. We don't talk about them because they were predominantly Christians. Operation Kiel Hall, 58 Five million eight hundred thousand Russians forcibly repatriated. I, I diverted here just a little bit to point out a few strange things. You know, the average age of a Russian male today is fifty-eight years of age. Why would that be? Fifty-eight point one years. I mean, here the average age of a male is about seventy-five, seventy-six, but in Russia it's only fifty-eight. The one and a half percent of the Russian population is HIV infected. The Russian population is decreasing about a million people a year. It's a great tragedy, and yet we don't talk about it. Is this some sort of a social experiment? World War II is estimated that 50 to 60 million people were killed, but we don't talk about them because, again, most of them were Christians, or many of them were Christians. The Chinese Revolution, and those of you who have studied the Chinese Revolution will realize that the United States government brought communism to China. And we cover that in The Secrets of the Illuminati, and I recommend that video to you because it gives you a great overview of what's going on in the world today. And we actually quote from the government documents pointing out how the United States government brought communism to China in 1949. Now, why would you do that? Well, very, very simply, because we did not want China to competing with us, and communism is a system that really doesn't work. And at that time, in the master plan, and I'm speaking of the, the plan of the occult hierarchy that really rules the world, at that time, the master plan was to make America the dominant force in the world. Just as today the plan is to transfer our wealth, our factories, our jobs to other countries and to lower our living standards and destroy the United States. But in the period immediately after the first, after the Second World War, why we, of course, brought communism to China, 40 to 80 million people were killed. If you doubt that, get the secrets of the Illuminati, look at the report, the McCarran Committee report. We actually uh, project that on the screen and tell you what it says. And then, and this was one of the most amazing things as I began to read it, the story of the Great Hunger. I got involved in this battle back in 1962. I will admit I had never heard of this. In China, between 1958 and 1962, the government, in the process of nationalizing the farms, starved to death between 43 and 46 million human beings, each one made in the image and likeness of God. 
This is almost never discussed. There are two books referred to. One of them written by Stephen Mosier, who uses the figure 43 to 46 million. Uh, Stephen's a personal friend. He had actually, uh, you know, lived in China. He spoke, speaks Chinese. And these figures actually were the Chinese own figures. 43 to 46 million people starved to death in that four-year period and not a word in the American media. How could you do that? Why, you control the media. And ultimately, you control what the American people think. Now, to diverge for just a minute today, about 700 million Chinese have been infected with hepatitis B. 700 million people. Uh, about 100, between 130 and 100 million people are currently infected. Some people say 170 million people. You can get the disease, your body will fight it off. But somewhere between 100 and 170 million people now are, are carriers of hepatitis B. China has a one-child policy that was brought in in 1979, fully supported by your government and by international Planned Parenthood, funded by your government. Uh, here in America, Planned Parenthood talks about choice. Uh, you know, we want a woman to have a choice. In China, International Planned Parenthood uh, supports forced abortion and forced sterilization, almost like they have a schizophrenic approach, unless perhaps there is another agenda that we perhaps don't want to even admit it could possibly exist. Today, about one and a half million Chinese. This is an estimated figure, because the Chinese government won't tell us the truth. But an awful lot of Chinese are HIV infected. And we'll tell you later the incredible story of how they introduced AIDS and death into China. The Korean War, 1950 to 1954, 48 million Americans died or were left behind, about 8,000 of those, 48,000 Americans died or were left behind, of those about 8,000 were simply abandoned. The Chinese lost about 500,000 men. There were 2 million Koreans were killed. But, you know, we never talk about that. Do you ever wonder why we never talk about the Koreans who died in the Korean War? Then there was a cultural revolution in China from 66 to 69. About 11 million people were killed. Vietnam, everybody knows about the 58,000 American boys who died, and I know we all feel very strongly about that. But then what about the million South Vietnamese and the two million North Vietnamese? Are they, they any less human? Why don't we ever talk about that? In Bangladesh in 1971, the U.S.-backed Pakistani army killed about 3 million people. In Cambodia, 2 million people were killed from 74 to 76. In East Timor, between 100,000 and 250,000 were killed. But nobody cares because they were predominantly Christians. And then in Ethiopia in 84, a million people were starved to death. But nobody really cares because they were predominantly Christians. I'm sure their ministers were telling them that the rapture was going to come. They had nothing to worry about. In Rwanda, as you know, in 1994, 800,000 people were killed. They were almost all Christians. In the Sudan, 1985 to 2005, 2 million people were killed, predominantly Christians. First Gulf War, we don't know how many Iraqis died there. We know that uh, there on the highway of death, we probably killed 700,000, pardon me, 70,000 to 100,000. They were just simply machine gunners like a turkey shoot. But the influence and the tragedy of that persists because we use depleted uranium there. And, of course, in southern Iraq and in Kuwait, many of these people are ill because of chronic depleted uranium poisoning, but we never talk about that. In Zaire, between 1994 and the present, about 3.5 million people have been killed. And, of course, uh, who's keeping the war there going? Why, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe, which, of course, used to be Rhodesia, Mugabe there, a man we put in power, spends a million dollars a day to keep his troops there, to keep the war going. And who's backing Mugabe? Why, why we are. 
we're giving him food, humanitarian food, because we want to feed the starving people, but it doesn't go to the starving people. It goes to the army and it goes to the bureaucrats to keep Mugabe in power. The Second Gulf War, well, figures are about 100,000 Iraqis have been killed. 18,000 Americans, pardon me, 1,800 Americans, uh, 1,870 or 80 now, but that's uh, today. But we really don't know because uh, Paul Harvey says that twice that many have been killed. They talk about those killed in Iraq. They never talk about those that get onto the plane and get to Wiesbaden before they die. We don't know what the figures are because we're not being told the truth. And Darfur, Western Sudan, about 180,000 people killed to date. And there really is a genocidal agenda. It was described back in 1826 by a man named Thomas Malthus, who was an Anglican uh, minister who worked for the East India Company. And in the sixth of his essays on population, he wrote this. And he's basically, putting it in context, he's saying, look, we've got to resort to birth control. There are too many people in England. We're running out of room. There are too many people in the world. We're all going to starve to death if we don't control population in 1826. So, all children born beyond that which would be required to keep up the population must necessarily perish, unless room can be made for them by the deaths of grown persons. We should facilitate, instead of foolishly and vainly, endeavoring to impede the operation of nature in producing this mortality, and if we dread the too frequent visitation of the horrid form of famine, we should sedulously encourage the other forms of destruction which we compel nature to use, and particularly encourage settlements in all marshy and unwholesome situations. But above all, we should reprobate specific remedies for ravaging diseases and those benevolent but much mistaken men who have thought that they were doing a service to mankind by uh, projecting schemes for the total exportation of particular disorders. And if you interpret what he's saying, he's saying we ought to have plagues sweep the earth, you know, to get rid of all these people because there are too many people in the world. Now, Malthus's defenders will tell you, well, he really didn't mean that. I mean, nobody would be so uh, cruel and, 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 and heartless as to want major plagues to kill off large numbers of people. I mean, you don't really believe there are people like that, do you? And I would like to suggest yes. In fact, recently, some people working, uh, you know, on one of the committees uh, appointed by the Centers for Disease Control, when uh, asked about the fact that we are destroying the lives of our children uh, by you know, putting mercury in the vaccines, and that is responsible for the epidemic of autism. Uh, this doctor said, why, why nobody would want to hurt children? And the answer to that, nobody would want to hurt children? We've killed between 40 and 45 million children in this country by abortion, and nobody would want to kill children. Uh, you know, throughout the world, we've funded the abortions in other countries, probably hundreds of millions of children, and, and you say nobody would want to hurt children? How could you possibly say that? Unfortunately, nobody thought to say that at the time when she made that ridiculous statement. There really are people who would like to hurt children, who have a different agenda, because they have a different worldview, because they worship a different God. Well, you follow along the train of ideas that started with Thomas Malthus and his second essay on population in 1826. And we find Sir Francis Galton, a very, very wealthy gentleman trained as a physician, but betraying his calling, who lived from 1822 and 1911. He talked about eugenics and how we had to begin to engineer a society to create a, 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 a more useful type of individual and eliminate the others. And then, of course, along comes Margaret Sanger, who lived from 1879 until 1966. And Margaret Sanger oh, was deeply involved in the occult. 
And what everybody has missed about Margaret Sanger is uh, that she regularly read the writings of the Theosophists. And those of you who don't know about theosophy, perhaps will tell you a little bit more as our story unfolds. But if you go to the page on the internet where they uh, talk about the occult hierarchy, the rules of the world, of course, these are the pages and refer you to the theosophy website. So Margaret Sanger was deeply involved in theosophy, which had strong racist overtones. She believed in eugenics, and her influence brought the eugenic laws into the United States, and we actually sterilized in the United States by compulsion between 30 and 60,000 people during the early um, years of the 20th century, but we never talk about that today because, you see, eugenics we equate with the Nazis. And what people don't understand is that Margaret Sanger was in total sympathy with what the Nazis were doing. In fact, somebody who was very close to her and wrote for one of the journals she created was Ernst Rudin, who worked with the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute in Berlin that had to do with eugenics. And the Nazis' ideas, their laws that they passed for eugenics were simply a, a takeoff of the American ideas. We didn't get the ideas from the Nazis. They got them from Margaret Sanger and the people who surrounded her during the early decades of the 20th century. But we never talk about that. And, of course, what energized the Nazi movement was something known as the Thule Society, which was a secret occult organization that worshipped a different god. Well, these people are there. They have their agendas. You will never hear them talked about. George Bernard Shaw was one of the great playwrights. He is lauded and applauded uh, today by so many of our leaders. And yet, if you read his book, written in 1929 called The Intelligent Woman's Guide to Socialism and Capitalism. On the last page of the appendix, he says this. Most people have never defined socialism. So uh, I want to define what socialism is for you. I also made it quite clear that socialism means equality of income or nothing, and that under socialism you would not be allowed to be poor. You would be forcibly fed, clothed, lodged, taught, and employed whether you liked it or not. If it were discovered that you had not character and industry enough to be worth all this trouble, you might possibly be put to death in a kindly manner. But whilst you were permitted to leave, live, you would have to live well. That's what socialism is really all about. Of course, the socialist, oh, he didn't really mean that, or he's a different sort of socialist than we are, no. Oh, they, they all have one thing in common, and that is force. It was uh, Alex de Tocqueville who, who said, you know, uh, democracy... And socialism have only one thing in common, and that is the word equality. But, of course, uh, democracy wants to have equality by freedom, and socialism wants to have equality by force. And that's what it's all about. It's about a small group of people determining the course of your life. Well, as I said earlier, between 1920 and 1939, we, kill, we um, sterilized somewhere between 30 and 60,000 Americans. Then in 1931 came the Tuskegee study. Now, the Tuskegee study ran from 1931 to 1971. I'm going to break in right there, but I encourage you to get the medical conspiracy, anthrax, smallpox, and vaccinations, planned population reduction, three DVDs, $30 each, normally $90. Today, get all three of them for a gift of $35. Besides that, it goes to Prophecy Club. Help us continue to bring this to you. But, of course, the best deal is go to WatchProphecyClub.com. WatchProphecyClub.com. You can watch all of them for 20 bucks a month. What a deal. Watch prophecyclub.com. That is The Medical Conspiracy by Bill Sneblin, Anthrax, Smallpox, Vaccinations by Dr. Lynn Horowitz, and by Dr. Stan Monteith. You've just been listening to The Planned Population Reduction. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And yes, it is summertime. Thank you for your gifts of support. God bless. Now from the Prophecy Club, some exciting opportunities for you. The Extreme Summer Blowout is now in effect. You can get 50 DVDs for $250, that's $5 each, 25 for $160, that's $640 each, 15 for $120, that's $8 each, 10 for $100, obviously $10 each, 6 for $70, 4 for $50, and 2 for $30. You can go to prophecyclub.com, there's a list of all the DVDs there, or you can call us and ask for the summer catalog, or download the catalog at prophecyclub.com. Flip through it, then decide which DVDs you want. That's 785-266-1112, and it expires soon. Call 785-266-1112 today. Some restrictions apply. Dr. Bree Keaton just made a brand new DVD. It's called Is Trump or Patrick Henry? Now, it's not a political talk. Bree's mother was a descendant of the patriot Patrick Henry. She reveals shocking, never-released private family records, bloodlines, and gives you the true story of how God used Patrick Henry to save America. She helped me to see more clearly where we are and where we're going because most of history has already repeated itself. I promise you will like this DVD. It is Trump by Patrick Henry, prophecyclub.com.